What's up, everybody? This is Thomas Bahamas, and you are here for episode number 37 of Solana Weekly. I'm here to drop some alpha on what's going on and where we are going in this space. So we got another crazy week uh, with one of the leading DeFi protocols on Solana getting hacked. Tensor launches their NFT project, and it uh, looks like Rollbit is sending to the moon. So never a dull week. And uh, as always, I'm excited to dive right in. So taking a look at the market, we got Solana sitting at 2438. So uh, up, up a little bit on the week. We got a 5% increase and uh, not a bad week. You know, we got a, a good push in the price action starting yesterday morning. Um, and we saw a low of just under 2250. And then it pumped to right under 25. Um, you know, really not too much volatility over overall on the week. And, uh, you know, I hope we kind of keep creeping on the upside, even though it looks like it's starting to taper down a little bit. Um, moving over to Sol ETH, we've got, uh, we've got an increase of 14% on the week to 0.01305. Uh, so this is huge. So ETH has kind of been acting like a stable coin these last, uh, last few weeks. Um, you know, it hasn't really been dipping as much, hasn't really been pumping as much. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's a bearish thing, actually. You know, I've been I've been hearing more, more along the lines of, um, you know, their tokenomics and how it's deflationary and how bullish that actually is. I, I feel like that's just coming more into the mainstream, right? So, um, you know, how people aren't necessarily ready for a token that actually burns itself and um, is deflationary because of that. Um, you know, I bash it because of the high, high fees, but people pay it, right? You know, it, it's not, um, you know, it's demand-based. So people are willing to pay those fees and that is in turn burning ETH. Um, and, you know, an another narrative that, that came up as well is, um, you know, the, the Bitcoin ETF narrative is looking strong, right? There's like leaks coming out that people are positioning themselves and, um, you know, as always, Kathy Wood is super pumped. Mike Novogratz is also talking about how he's ready for it to actually be passed. Um, you know, I saw one of the top ETF guys, I forget his name, um, Eric Balkunas, Balkunas, um, he is pretty conservative and he gave, you know, before he had it at, at about 50% and he's moved that up to 65%. Um, you know, I don't know probably his best guess, but, uh, was being promoted as, you know, the Bible or it's, it's definitely the truth, but we'll see, um, you know, raising that expectation, I think is huge. Um, you know, a, a shift in the policy, you know, especially with the SEC kind of being under fire, um, could be huge, but with that narrative, we're also seeing the air. I mean, in all of these filings, uh, you know, Bitcoin has been left out of the security. It hasn't been called a security at all. Um, they've been kind of staying away from calling, you know, saying whether ETH is or isn't a security. With, um, with, you know, I would say that they're probably leaning more towards not calling it a security. Um, with that, you, that leaves the door open for an ETH ETF. Um, so, you know, that, that could be huge. I mean, if we get an ETH ETF, I mean, I would imagine ETH would just go crazy. 
Um, so, you know, that, that is something to keep in mind. You know, I don't see that being a short-term thing, right? You know, it's not like Bitcoin passes their ETF and the next day ETH passes theirs um, or is allowed to actually, you know, be provided. But something to think about, right? You know, that's going to play into the calculus. So, um, but either way, I mean, you know, with all that strength that we're saying, I'll take a 14% gain of soul over ETH. So um, there's a little ETH talk and, you know, of course that doesn't take into account all the L2s and everything, but that, you know, that's, I think that's, it's important to keep an eye on, right? Um, now, soul BTC flat on the week. So interesting that, you know, we made, you know, pretty big jump against ETH and not BTC. Um, keeping pace with Bitcoin's great, right? They, you know, had a, had a okay, um, okay week. And, you know, I, I call this bullish, but we'll, we'll see how it actually turns out. Um, I feel like Bitcoin's not really moving too much. It, it looks like it, it just needs to do something, right? You know, it moves 0.5% one way or the other and people get start going crazy. Um, but yeah, either way, it's not going down. So, you know, I'll remain bullish. Um, now, to get into the meat of this episode, what I want to bring up is uh, gambling versus investing. So i um, got a lot to go into here because, you know, we're seeing product market fit right now with Rollbit. Um, you know, I missed this whole pump and, you know, I got Rollbit tokens airdropped to me for free and, you know, I've already sold them. Don't have any just watching this coin go up and up and up. Um, but, you know, just, <laughs> I mean, we've got to have the gambling talk, right? So product market fit has always, you know, it's always going to be, gambling. Um, gamblers are, you know, they're willing to take more risk on risky platforms and have likely been burned a bunch prior to their entry in crypto. So um, it tends to make more sense to them, right? Uh, this is how I got here, right? So online poker sites weren't keeping customer funds separate from operational funds, and they ended up going bust and taking everyone's money. Um, you know, this was the very clear case of crypto solves this, right? You could look at where you're sending your money and you could verify how much, how many funds are in that account or that wallet. And you know that that's a solvent um, company. So, you know, that was a big change. Um, but also, I mean, getting funds on a gambling site was dicey, right? It was always a gray area. Um, and you couldn't just connect your bank account, right? So there was, you know, some ancient laws that were against that. Um, and <laughs> I mean, the various ways to get money on there were insane, right? So I've bought phone minutes that were transferred to party poker. Uh, I've had random debit cards that I could only withdraw so much cash on and had a bunch of fees. Um, I've received like faulty checks from Asia. I've even transferred money at a Western Union and a grocery store to load up my poker account one time. So, you know, not my finest moment. Um, but, uh, you know, all these were, were BS, right? So, and, and, and Bitcoin came along and fixed all these problems. So, you know, kind of a game changer, right? Um, it, you know, had solved a bunch of the problems that I had seen firsthand. So, you know, blew my mind. 
um, took me a while to, to make that transfer, but, um, you know, it, it all added up because of that. And then now, you know, we add in the every, everything casino and, you know, we have gamblers all over this space, right? I, I think that this is some of the underlying problems that we're seeing, you know, in the crypto markets in general. And um, I think that Solana's unique properties highlight this a lot better, right? So what does that mean? So that means, I mean, you know, Solana doesn't really have transaction fees, right? So there's basically zero fees. And I mean, you can take that and you can feed that inner gambler in you, right? If you have a mint coming up, max mint, uh, dump any NFTs that aren't rare, and you can do that profitably on Sol where, you know, it's probably too expensive to do that on the same scale on, on ETH, right? So the, you know, the common meme in Solana NFTs is that you, you, you know, you go in and list just under the floor. Um, and this is real, you know, because, you know, a small loss on five NFTs while given the chance to 10x on a couple of them is a gamble that a lot of people are willing to take, right? Um, you know, minting in general can be profitable like that, right? So, you know, just minting alone, you know, traditionally you want to mint and ideally the pro the whole project goes up, but, um, you know, typically that takes some time where some people are in it for a quick double up. Um, and I mean, more power to them. I mean, that brings volume to the projects that brings eyes to it. That brings a lot. Um, but it's not necessarily good for the ecosystem, right? Um, you know, they're in and out. And, you know, tanking the floor price because of that, um, you know, and they're just doing it, you know, go through and extract as much value as they can. So it's not necessarily the best. Um, and, you know, where, where does this leave us? You know, it leaves us with a ton of gamblers in Solana. Um, and even, I mean, even a lot of ETH is gambling, right? So, you know, a lot of these fees are high because people are buying these insane shit coins. Um, and that's driving the fees up, driving block space demand up. Um, so now everybody has to pay higher fees because of it. And, and, you know, at the core of that, people are looking to gamble, um, you know, and, and, you know, people, you know, Ethereum native, well, people will come on over to Solana and they'll do some gambling to try to get in and get out. Um, you know, it's well known that that happens, um, where, you know, ETH, ETH, has a little bit more of like a forced investment, you know, the, due to the fees, you know, when, at least when I was on ETH, you know, I would buy a, buy an NFT. I wouldn't want to transfer it. I wouldn't want to sell it because that would be a like a large percentage of the actual asset. So, um, it's, it's not as easy to get in and get out. Um, and, and I don't know where, I don't necessarily know what the answer is to this, right? Like, I don't know how we get out of this narrative or this, this way of the current the current meta on a lot of this, um, but it it has and it will always be an important narrative with crypto, right? Um, you know, Rollbit moving to ETH seems like it's bringing in more people to the table, and looks like this token's going up only, usage is going up only, um, and it, it'll probably keep going that way, right? So, you know, with with all of this in mind. Um, I think that it's important to try to figure out, you know, investments that aren't a gamble in this space. Um, so minting most NFTs is a gamble. Um, 
you know, especially pre-product, you know, they're just minting something, trying to raise some funds. Um, that is absolutely a gamble. Um, but, you know, if that's something that it's coming from a top project in the space, like Tensor, uh, Tensorians, um, you know, might, might be out of the gambling range, right? And we need to look at both tokens and NFTs that will increase value based on usage of those protocols and projects. So um, it gives us kind of an an eye, you know, a lens to look through. Um, and, you know, I think we, I think in general, we need to get out of the gambling range and move to investing to make continued gains. Um, buying and holding good projects has always been the way to make like real money in the space. Um, take some swings, size it appropriately and, and put a long time frame on it, you know, with, you know, willingness to add to the position. Um, DCAing is a solid meme because it typically works, right? Um, so, yeah, and you know, this, this comes from me. I like a good gamble as much as the next person, but you know, my expectation isn't that I'll get rich off of it. That's where investing comes in. So, so that's, you know, that's kind of what I got. I, it's a lot, a lot to go in that, a lot to go over there. Um, and you know, a lot of people come to crypto, make some quick bucks and turn around, but it doesn't always happen. So, so it leaves people, leaves people in a tough spot. Um, and you know, when people, you know, go all in and, uh, and lose, you know, they leave the space and they have a bad taste in their mouth where, you know, a lot of what they're doing, a lot of what's being built out now could actually, you know, provide a lot of value in their lives. So, um, so I don't know. I don't know how we change that there. But yeah, you know, other than that, you know, regarding some other other happenings in, in the in the week, we've got Cypher. Um, Cypher got hacked to the tune of just over a million, I think 1.2 million, maybe. Um, devastating blow to Solana DeFi. You know, we're, we're in the midst of Solana DeFi 2.0. Um, you know, not just tokens being dropped, you're getting points. These tokens are recurring for you know, recurring usage. Um, Cypher had this, you know, great lockup where you could lock up your funds for six months. Um, I didn't do it, but a lot of people did. Um, and it got uh, exploited. Um, so, you know, we hate to see it, but, um, you know, that's, I guess that's part of DeFi. You know, that's the sad part is, you know, wherever there is money, there is incentive to get that money. Um, so, you know, exploiters will be there. And uh, yeah, I guess, you know, the smart contract risk is a thing. Um, you know, as much as, as much as I don't mind a lot of smart contract risks. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely part of it. And, you know, this, does this change? You know, I, I always have like, all right, what's my six month investment thesis where, you know, I build a portfolio, set it and forget it, come back in six months. And I'm, you know, I'm going to be happy with that. Um, you know, that originally was, you know, have, have a lot, bunch of liquid staking tokens on Solana. So, you know, ST soul, that's Gito soul, Lido, uh, Gito um, B soul, you know, have those and put them into DeFi protocols to maximize points. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's worth it to not put, you know, a big majority in there, right? Maybe it's it's holding, um, 
you know, the majority of those tokens, you know, as tokens in my wall, in my ledger, and uh, maybe just, you know, a few percent um, into margin or um, a couple other other ones. So, um, you know, when we think about securing everything down, you know, that is a risk. Um, you know, some of the other, you know, when I think about this six month investment thesis, something else that I've been um, interested in is, is the the deepen narrative. Uh, so to centralize physical infrastructure network, um, you know, that's helium, that's hive mapper, that's, um, you know, a cell phone network, you know, that's decentralized and built by people. Um, so I think it's a cool narrative. And I, you know, I, I did buy some HNT tokens. Um, and I think that's something that's only just getting started on Solana, um, you know, where I think they're going to be empowered to do a lot more because they're on Solana. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, and I think that would go into the investment. I think maybe a little fun, like have a little bonk in there. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we, we do have to kind of do have to watch out. Um, and other than that, let's finish on the bang. The tensorians are out. Xenome did the art. It's sick. Um, the, yeah, they're doing great. They're crushing. Um, you know, my timeline is filled with them. They make great PFPs. Um, I imagine this keeps going up only. I mean, we look at if you wanna wanna look at this from the easy perspective, it's the flagship product of the flagship NFT marketplace on the chain with the most NFT activity. So let's smooth brain play this one. Hold them. There will be some sort of benefits to it. Um, I'm having fun with them, watching them and, uh, and yeah, I, I think that'll do it for the week. Thanks for joining. Um, and, uh, catch you guys next week.